0: Log Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network presents The Contra Dawn Show with your host, Dawn Appleberg.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday, and holy cow, here in the Pacific Northwest, we have snow. Kid you not, we actually have snow here in Washington State in October. So it is cold. I am your host, Don Appleberg. This is the Contra Don radio show, and tonight we have a very, very special guest. One of the things that's been coming up, especially with the new uh, POTUS transition and the new requirement for them to uh, gut a lot of the public bloat and funding as well as streamline a lot of the um, federal-level government has been common core in education. This is something that I actually am quite familiar with from the time I was a kid because the special guest that we have today, Marilyn Easter, are you there? I am here. There you are. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce you to a very, very special woman, This is Marilyn Easter. She is also my mother, but that's not what makes her special, although I like to think that because I do happen to know I'm pretty awesome. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, is that the reason I got into politics, the reason I started going into logical data and logical conclusions when it comes to our political agendas was based on the way I was raised, and that was to go ahead and not vote party, vote participant. Look at what they're doing, look at their platform, and look at what they did prior to wanting your vote to determine whether or not that individual happened to be appealing or happened to be the right one for you. Now, if you're a conservative or a liberal, it doesn't matter. This is something everybody should be doing. If you are pro-abortion, then you should be looking at the platform of the candidates and determining who you want to have in that spot, in that slot that you vote for, who will go ahead and recognize your wants. If you are anti-abortion, the same goes. And don't just take it from social media. Don't just take it from some Twitter look at their platform and if they've been in for a while look at how they vote anytime election comes up you know they always want to look better so with that being said what we're looking at today is we are looking at a resurgent you heard that correct a resurgent of a program that was started in the 70s in california in our common core curriculum now I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my mom, who can tell you the story so much better, considering she's the one that actually fought it, won it, and took down individuals that she was told she could not, she would not be able to touch. So, Marilyn, why don't you go ahead and tell us your background, explain how you found out about the curriculum, and just take it away.
0: Well, first of all, let me thank you for inviting me to do this. This is a situation that's been dear to my heart. I've been political all of my life, regardless of my employment or my time as a stay-at-home mom when my youngsters were young enough that they needed me to be there for them. Um, As far as the situation that you've represented to me that you'd like for me to address, uh, I was a young mother with a teenage daughter in the public school system in California. Uh, We had been involved in doing an exchange student program and the young man who came to stay with us, I was head of the program and ran it for the state uh, in the area that we lived in. And um, uh, we were given a 14-year-old boy who would rather have walked a pair, barefoot to a room full of text than read or study or do the schoolwork. And because education was so important to me, this was something that we worked very hard on with him, but had very little success because his background was so foreign to what he, we, he was exposed to in our home. Uh, one day he came home from school so excited to go to his bedroom uh, and read that it shocked me. And I asked him if he had a library book, and he said, no, it was a new textbook that they had just given him at school. And uh, so I said, well, enjoy it and let me know if you need anything. And I went out to go about my business in the house for the rest of the afternoon, preparing dinner and so forth. Well, I didn't see Leo until dinner time, which was extremely unusual. I went in, and he's on the phone with several of his friends talking about this new textbook that uh, they were all reading to each other over in the phone and laughing and talking about. So I asked him if he would not mind sharing the book with me. It was time to eat, and he needed to get off the phone to just bring the book out with him, which he did. The book was a sex education manual, K-kindergarten through 12th grade, uh, the first part of the book dealt with how to take kindergarten children. And, again, as as Dawn indicated, this is a program in the 70s and 80s. The book suggested taking kindergarten children together, boys and girls, into the bathrooms with two anatomically correct dolls. Show them how boys pee-pee and girls pee-pee and why they stand differently or have to do things differently. Um, it went from there into uh, through high school with suggestions on oral sex as birth control. Uh, One situation that they put forth for the kids to talk about was that grandpa comes in and takes his clothing off in the living room and then he'll poo-poo on the floor. Who do you tell about that? And the recommendation was that mom and dad probably don't understand. So it's better that you tell a counselor or a teacher at school. One of the scenarios that they had the teenage youngsters working with was Kathy and a boyfriend who uh, were good friends at school. Kathy's mom and dad had made it clear that she was not to have people in the home during any time that they were gone on the weekend. She was 16 and old enough to be left for a Friday night date or something for mom and dad, but the family rule was that she not be allowed to have boyfriends or or others in the home without clearing it first with her mom and dad. The scenario was, does Kathy have the right when her boyfriend encourages her to invite him over so that they can have a, what they called a get it on party? Um, did Kathy have the right to make the decision for herself or was it passe to listen to the counsel of your parents? Um, the youngsters in the room were to discuss the pros and cons of whether it was Kathy's right or mom and dad's right to institute rules on a 16-year-old child. Uh, There was a VD game in the manual, as I read through it, that uh, as the children, eighth grade students would walk into the classroom, they would be given an envelope. And one student in the classroom was given an envelope with little round disks in it that had a black X drawn through the middle of it. All of the other envelopes that the children had, had circles in them, but they were clean. They were to stand up at eighth grade age, and understand this was 40, almost 50 years ago. They were to stand up as eighth grade students and ask, the girls needed to ask a boy in the classroom if they would have sex with them that night. And uh, if the boy said yes, they went over and they got one of his discs, put it in their envelope. And if his disc had been contaminated by being marked with an X, they had contracted VD. Anyone who asked her then to uh, have sex with them, this is in the middle of the classroom period, um, would receive X's on all of their clean discs. The idea being to show how fast VD spread. My feeling and concern was that it tore down walls of reservation or uh, hesitation about openly and blatantly discussing sex in front of your peers when at that time it just wasn't done. Uh, I was concerned enough when I finished reading the book that I went to the school board and I asked about the process of getting the book approved for the classroom. We learned that this one had never been evaluated, had never even been looked at by the textbook committee for our district. So I registered my concerns about the book, first to the teachers, then to the principal, then to the school board. Um, I went from the school board because of their venomous response to my interfering in their running of their school program to the State Board of Education. Uh, We were ultimately and finally told that we could pull our children from the class if we had concerns about um, what they were being taught in these classes. They were given a theme when they went to the library, instead of coming in for the health ed class, they were given a theme of writing a term, a thesis or a term paper, whatever you would call it, on whether or not it was painful for a woman to have sex during pregnancy, and at what stages it became more uncomfortable, and what their final analysis was as to whether or not they should have sex when a woman is carrying a child. Now I offer to you that for an an eighth grade Student, especially at that time, needing to research and get that involved in discussions on sex during pregnancy was almost as bad as sitting in the classroom with the other things going on. I began to invite people to come to my home just to read the book. All of the meetings that we ever had, that is basically what we did. We would go through and we would simply read passages from that book who, that represented tearing down walls of trust between parents and children, uh, encouraging them to go to teachers and counselors rather than their parents when they had issues to discuss uh, oral sex, uh, other things that, that uh, people have differing opinions on whether or not they're comfortable with that and whether or not it was our right to have our children exposed to it. Uh, we started having the meetings and all that we did was read the book, and at the end of a 25- or 30-minute period where seven or eight specific sections were discussed, um, we would begin to discuss among ourselves what we could do to get the administration there to listen to our concerns. We began uh, going, calling, uh, going to meetings, the, the school board meetings, Uh, They refused to agendize us so we could address the issue of that textbook. Um, We did radio and TV interviews. We started writing letters to the editors. We took the means that we knew about at that time, and over time, um, we were able to involve other people who came in and taught us how to organize ourselves and how we could take the steps we needed to to have some uh, legality or some authenticity when we come trying to get someone to listen to us and do what we felt was right for our kids. Ultimately, it involved a not only the State board, uh, board of Education head, but a State Senator who came down and personally instructed those of us who were leading the group in how to do it and the, the things we had legal rights to do and did not. When we would go to the board meetings, we would be vilified, literally called names and, uh, and accused of, I was accused personally of, of calling and threatening and harassing the school board members when in reality they were calling those of us who were actively involved all hours of the day or night, threatening us, telling us that our children would be at risk if we continued to send them to the public schools. We'd better get them out and take them to private schools. Um, we continued to write letters, make phone calls, uh, contacting district, county, and state officials. And ultimately, um, uh, we were able to, uh, when the Los Angeles newspaper, the uh, Sacramento Bee, the San Diego Tribune, all wrote articles about this Mormon mind controller out in the middle of the Mojave Desert who was trying to take over the school system in, In the mojave desert which is where we lived at the time and they sent an interviewer out to talk with me when the interviewer came he said he fully expected to find a wild-haired raving woman completely out of control and was shocked to find out that i was rather level-headed and i had a legitimate concern and i had every right to do the things that i was doing and had followed the proper procedures uh, to have our concerns addressed with no response from the school district That caused the senator from Sacramento to come in and discuss the situation with me to the point that the school board was investigated. There were found uh, uh, corruption and misuse of public funds and uh, sexual harassment with two or three of the members of the school board. The school board was completely fired. The uh, guidelines for it were readdressed and rewritten. And a completely new program was established for evaluating and assessing textbooks. And they needed to be, this particular program needed to be followed each time a new book was brought into our areas. Um, I will add one small thing, um, and that is that I had the honor of being asked to go to our public Carnival for the year. It was an annual festival that they had. And because we had impacted more people over time with this huge issue to sit in the dunk tank and be doused by my students and my uh, friends and other members and people who knew me, the school board director had also been asked to attend, but chose not for some reason to show up. As I said later, he was recalled along with two or three other members. I wonder why. (laughs) Well, I always thought it was in his poor taste to not accept their kind invitation. I dressed in a 19, 1890s costume and had a ball. but uh, Right. <laughs> but. Well,
1: now, question, Mom. Uh, considering that you have been, oh, sorry, let's be professional. Question, Mrs. Easter. Uh, considering that you have been still involved, well, not now. You're 175 years old, so you're a little not bit that. Not quite yet,
0: but we're working hard <laughs> on it.
1: Um, well, but considering what, what a lot of my listeners do not know, uh, is my mother also was a foster parent who had over 200 children in her home over three, four decades, and during that time frame, 415
0: huh? over 35 years.
1: There we go. I, I knew you'd know the numbers. And the fact of the matter mm-hmm. is, her success rate was 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 like above and beyond what the national standard was. But she has seen, and one of the things that she has been hands-on and been able to see from the start to finish, has been the decline of our kids' education and the decline of the morals in the schools. Um, if I remember correctly, um, it was when Julie was 14 that they started putting condoms in the school, correct?
0: I, it was about that time, yes, that that started happening. I one of the points i made is i was organizing my thoughts about this i am definitely 75 and and my mind is i have to organize things and make notes to get everything done that i want to do as i was going through the process of organizing this communication for tonight in the hopes that i might have something to say that will be a benefit to someone and help people recognize that this desire to take over and completely destroy the purpose of education in the public school system in america um, one of the, the uh, points and the, one of the thoughts that I had, uh, and my mind is going, gone, you're going to have to help me there for a minute. Let me find my notes here, was that there are things that are going on in our system today that are so much more important than a sex education manual, although that dealt with, with what some of us would consider moral issues, and that is not a concern today. We have things going on today that is changing the whole color and face of education of our students and our children in America today. We have political views that are being taught. We have religious views that are being taught where our personal national religious views are frowned upon and forbidden. Uh, Some schools are requiring children to learn prayers and uh, activities of other faiths. Um, We have uh, the political issues, the uh, third gender that's coming out now for people to be politically correct about people and their, their sexual preferences. School is supposed to be a discussion and an education of history and events that formed us as a country. I don't know when we started moving into this thing of controlling the minds of our children instead of teaching them historical fact and historical background and scientific or, or whatever thought. I do believe that philosophy belongs in your classroom in a a philosophy class. And I think in some cases when the children are younger, permission should be given for their children to participate in that class. But I see our educational system being so badly corrupted today by so many things that simply should not be happening in school at this point.
1: Mom, question for you. Okay, well actually I'm gonna make a statement here and then I've got a question. One of the things that a lot of people don't think about, and and this is not, folks, I'm gonna say this before I go ahead and put this out there because I know the moment that my mouth takes these words out, I'm gonna have people on both sides of the political arena jumping, okay? This is not a political scenario. This has nothing to do with progressive movement for those who believe that we should be more tolerant of other lifestyles, and this is not about conservatives. believe that we should be more moral when it comes to, and when I say moral I'm not saying it's better, I'm saying because the the show is very neutral Uh, what I'm saying is the the code is of morals Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, and this is something that um, I have studied in college, my mom has actually lived real time when you degrade the social taboos at a child's level it becomes less sacrosanct, and it becomes more common for them as adults to allow and tolerate greater crimes against society. And when I say crimes against society, I'm not necessarily talking about illegal. i talk about the things that society looks at and says, that's a no-no, it's not going to happen. Our social taboos have gone literally from the extreme back in the 50s of if you were of mixed race, you could not date, and if you did, nobody better find out. could not hold hands, or if you did hold hands, you weren't supposed to be kissing in public and this type of thing, that you were supposed to be very rigid, very moral. Dad was supposed to be asked if you were going to marry. Um, the family was very traditional. Divorce was very, very, very uncommon. And mom just stayed home. Dad did the, the breadwinning. We moved from that over the, the last 50 years we have moved from that to this arena where now we have multiple genders being taught and gender reveals being taught in kindergarten without a parent there, where a child goes in the bathroom as a boy and comes out as a girl. Now, whether or not you believe trans is a mental disorder, the fact of the matter, and I know I'm probably going to get hate mail for this, bring it, i got big shoulders. John Hopkins and the DSM-5 still clearly states that transgender is a dysmorphia of the body. An individual has such low self-esteem and such self-loathing that they will self-mutilate in order to feel comfortable in their body. It is not the same as somebody who wants to get plastic surgery uh, as extreme, but it is basically along the same concept. Now, I'm putting that out there as the basic blatant truth with the understanding that there are going to be some on both sides who are going to do their own debating and arguing. For instance, the liberal side or the progressive side says, well, if you tolerate, you know, boob jobs and hair dye and, you know, uh, collagen in your, in your cheeks, then you should be able to, you know, tolerate someone who goes from male to female because that makes them more comfortable. And then we're going to have those on the conservative side who say, what you are born with, what your DNA is, that's what you are. I'm not talking about personal viewpoint. I'm not talking personal morals. The basic concept of the psychological ramifications of transgender, especially when you have it hit at a younger age and enforced and reinforced at a younger age, has proven to go ahead and lead to 70% of these individuals attempting suicide repeatedly. This is not a number you can argue Matter of fact, John Hopkins has turned away, they said themselves, they turn away four out of five individuals right after the psychological profile because of underlying psychological concerns such as low self-esteem, depression, social anxiety, underlying causes such as abuse, sexual abuse, this type of thing. And what happens is that with the last ones, they only condone 3% of those after they've gone through rigorous, rigorous screening most of those that were actually authorized by john hopkins were true cases of either hermaphroditism which is very rare but they were either hermaphroditism where the parents chose a gender it turned out dna later on was wrong it was the other gender that was predominant or there is a there there is no underlying social construct that is forcing this individual into anxiety and this type of thing it just so happens this individual truly Mentally is capable of handling this this graphic change, their body. Now, the school systems are set up at this point to allow um, to allow children as young as five and six years old to determine for themselves if they want to be male or female and dress accordingly. Now, I don't know about you, but, Mom, I remember when I was five or six, I wanted to be a dog. Did you ever buy me a dog mm-hmm. collar?
0: Right. No, I never bought you a dog collar, but, but okay. I, I understand I mean, what you're saying, yeah.
1: The, the fact of the matter is is that the the, the the push, and we're seeing more and more and more of it. Just the other day, the reason I called my mom last night and asked her to be on the show was because I'm seeing more and more of these posts from schools where the parents are becoming angry of the sexual education that is literally at this point, it's not even sexual education anymore. It's literally a destruction of all societal taboos that we have that predate our country, clear back to the original countries that many of us came from. And I'm not just talking white, all right? So right now... Throw that one right out there. This isn't about race. When you go to the Middle East, they are extreme when it comes to their social, view, to, their, to their, sexual viewpoints. Um, very, very overbearing when it comes to their women. You know, we, we all know about the female genital mutilation. We all know about the child bride. We all know about the fact that women are basically shadows there. Uh, men are, are taught that, you know, th- their urge is their urge. Okay. But at the same time, There still is extreme taboos when it comes to their sexual culture. In many countries, not just in Europe, but in many countries that we have around the world, there are taboos when it comes to sexual culture. Most do not tolerate or condone sexual activity with children. It is the ultimate Mm -hmm. taboo societally. Very few do. We as a nation, it is our fault. We as a nation have allowed this to happen. The other reason I wanted my mom to come on the show is because you guys listen to me till I'm blue in the face, talk about how one person can make a difference, and how I have made differences and how you know this individual made differences. She took on the school district as a concerned parent with no background in litigation, no background in how the political arena is going to work on this. I mean, she understood politics, but she hadn't swum with the sharks and she won. It is your responsibility as parents. It's not your school, it's not your senator, it is not your pastor. It is your responsibility as a parent to get stand up, get out there and say this is not going to happen. And enough of you do it. Enough of you fight against it. They have to stop and pull the plug. Don't rely on Trump to go ahead and protect your kid and for those who are anti-Trump yes I know the fact of the matter is what we're dealing with is we're dealing with the the education department is being gutted it's being revamped it's being completely overhauled many people are hesitant about what's going to replace it I understand that uh, a lot of people want to see it move faster I understand that too it's going to take time but it's coming now for those And every once in a while on my show, I do come out point blank about something. For those who condone this sort of education in our public school system, you do not deserve to have children. You do not need to be around children. You should be as far away from children as possible because you are condoning NAMBLA. You are condoning, you are condoning. Eight is too late. You are condoning pedophilism, and you're condoning it in a manner to say that everybody should be tolerated, and that just is not acceptable. I don't care who you are. So if you want to send me hate mail about that, fine. I'll go ahead and respond. Trust me, you do not want to go there with me. So with that being said, Mom, can you please kind of give us a little – background, and I know you probably didn't write this one up, but can you give me a little background from the time you started foster care to the kids that were going into foster care when you finally started to get out? What type of children were you dealing with?
0: Um, I did foster care over a 43-year period. You know that. We ended up ultimately adopting several of those children out of foster care when Dad was in his 60s and I was in my 50s. And... Uh, we did foster care for another 10 to 15 years after that. So you know that how involved I was. We went from having children placed in our home because uh, of personal family tragedy, uh, death of a parent, death of both parents, or and no family members to take care of them, uh, children who were being neglected because of uh, of drunkenness or some of the things that parents were doing inappropriately, and those children would respond over time to a loving, healthy environment of of being included in what was a real family environment or atmosphere. And I think you can testify to the fact that that was one of the reasons we were as successful as we were with the numbers of kids we were. They became part of our family. They didn't sit in the kitchen eating hot dogs while we sat in the in the dining room at the dining room table eating fried chicken or steak or potatoes. Uh, I didn't hire them out to somebody so I could take you kids, my children, our children, to the stadium of fire in Utah, we piled everybody into the car, including the foster children, and we made games and fun out of it for two weeks to go take a trip around the country or stop and see the things we did, they were included as part of a family environment. These children were moldable. They were able to change. We had a success rate that was phenomenal among those kids who just needed a safe environment to be raised in to turn around and become uh, safe and secure and turn into pretty normal kids again. By the time I left the system in uh, uh, 2000, 12, when we moved from uh, our home in California to Utah, um, I'm sorry to, yeah, to Utah, um, those children that were coming into our home were angry, they were aggressive, they were violent behaviored. they were dealing with issues of PTSD in their own, from their own home lives, they were dealing with issues of hate and self-loathing, cutting issues. We, well, you know, we developed programs in our home uh, with foster children who were kleptomaniacs, where we would hide poker chips, and if they didn't steal something from the other kids in the room, and they took a poker chip instead and brought it out at the end of the week and had not stolen something, they were rewarded with gifts and so forth. The whole environment of foster care had changed and become something entirely different. We needed to be very, very careful. My children were all grown. Uh, when most of these really just emotionally crippled children were coming into our home, and it was just me and, and Jack working with them, our other foster children who were dealing with similar issues for the last ten or fifteen years that we did foster care uh, so yes, you can see a huge a huge change in youth today because of this progressive idea we have of of all of these rights and privileges that are are being uh, uh, so carefully spoon fed through them in their school systems and in their, uh, in the activities and environments they live in.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed recently, I've got a couple of my friends who decided they wanted to do foster care, and I'll be perfectly honest with you people, I have a different perspective on foster care than many because I was raised with it, okay? Um, was it all roses and candy? Oh heck no. Was was it a lot of fun? Yes, there were many times. There was there was a lot of fun that went with it, but it also does take a toll on your kids. You have to understand this. It's just something that that you know. If, if you work with criminals, you know, start thinking like one. Uh, with the foster kids, dealing with them as we did on a daily basis as part of the family, their neurosis, their issues became ours. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, I was able to grow up to do and be who I am because I was raised in a tough love environment. Um, By the way, Mom, Porky Wheel, who is our faithful listener from Northern Ireland, has been with us this entire time in chat, and he wanted me to let you know that he is amazed at what you do with the kids. Uh, He knows that he couldn't do it, and we need more moms like you, so you've got a fan. Um, Oh,
0: thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> the thing is, is that um, with 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 foster care, if you've got kids, especially in today's environment with the kids coming in, You better it's hard, I would
0: recommend no, yeah, no foster kids Correct. until your own children are out of your home.
1: You know, it's it, it, it's not as it's not what you're thinking it is, and it's it's definitely, especially with today's chaotic environment that we have for children, as it was. People think that the seventies and eighties were chaotic because we had so much freedom. Yeah, we sat in the back of trucks when we were driving down the freeway. All right, I was my brother and I were asleep in the back of my mom's uh, station wagon when she was taking a trip and she hit she hit the railroad tires, you know, tracks a little too hard. Bum! You know, we hit the top, we fall back down. No biggie. Um, We we were out until it was dark. Uh, we were, you know, we were wild and crazy and we were free, but it wasn't as chaotic as it is today. And the reason it wasn't is because we knew our place. You said thank you and no thank you, sir and ma'am. Your child did not talk back to you. Your child, if your child talked back to you, you better take care of it and rectify that right now, square it up. Because if you didn't, the next-door neighbor or the lady at the store would, and then chew you out for not raising your child better. That's the way it was done. And now what we're dealing with is we are dealing with children. I was at Fred Meyer the other day, and this woman was talking on her phone. She was pushing her grocery cart. She had an infant in the cart. She had a toddler next to her, and she had a four- or five-year-old that was wandering around her in circles, which is no big deal. She's keeping him within eyesight. And all of a sudden this kid saw a toy he wanted. And he runs over, and he says, Mommy, I want this. And mom's on the phone, and she's like, no, we're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. This kid turns around and belts her. And I'm talking full-on boxer stance, fist closed, right in the gut. And this woman literally, and then she looked at him and says, don't hit mommy. And kept on going. The kid stood there and at this point I'm trying to figure out if maybe I should intervene because somebody has to, this is domestic violence, I'm watching, reached over, grabbed the toy, ran up, threw it back in the cart, and she did nothing. Hmm. This child is being raised to know violence is okay against adults and and peer. Mm -hmm. It's against women. It's okay, you know what? Even if you do something bad, you're still gonna get what you want, and mom is too busy in her cell phone to notice. That is why we have Antifa people. That is why we have these idiots that are coming coming out tomorrow, and this is one thing I was gonna bring up on the show tonight, it's critical. Tomorrow is November fifth. For those who do not know, Antifa said that nationwide they are going hunting. How threatening can this be? Well, for the most part, I think most of these little weenies, if they actually were to meet a true 3%er or a vet, they wouldn't last. But mobs in numbers are dangerous, number one. And number two, we know some of these individuals are paid professionals. They said they're going hunting, and they mean it. If you are in a city, if you are in an area where you know Antifa resides, you better carry... Or you just don't go out. Also, do not wear any political any political type of clothing tomorrow. Antifa has said they're going to dress up as patriots and Trump supporters to go ahead and hit others to make it confusing so that it looks like we're the ones that are doing – and yes, I just said that that I'm a Trump supporter. Those who don't know it, now you do – that we're the ones doing the the damage, okay? Just don't do it. Don't wear the MAGA. And it's not that they're winning. The fact of the matter is, if you see someone tomorrow, November 5th, wearing political agenda clothing, you know that's ANIFA, and you know either to avoid or engage, depending on your predilection. My husband's already told me I'm not allowed to leave the house. Okay, now, with that being said, this is why we have what we have now. is because children have been taught in the public school system, and in Broken and damaged homes from broken and damaged adults themselves, how to no longer be societally acceptable. Self entitlement, participation trophies. They are now questioning whether or not we should have sports because the competition actually has a negative impact on those who do not play well. Well, guess what? America's competitive, it's part of our blood. When you take that away from us, you've taken the heart and soul out of our country. We do not watch Iron Chef amateur. We do not watch America has mediocre talent. We don't watch the Olympics for those who don't try. We support the best of the best, and we strive for the best of the best. We have halls of fame for the best of the best. When you take that from your child and you tell him, everybody gets a trophy, you can't win too much, you're reading too much, slow down, and for those of you who are dealing with that now, that's not new. My report card, I have a report card from my kindergarten instructor, from, from Mrs. Quammen, that I found in my old records. That I mm-hmm. had to write to my mother in my own hands. I cannot read at home anymore because I'm too far ahead of the class. Now she that was happened. a different, yeah, she was a different fruitcake. You have to understand, Mrs. Cuomo was just, she was trash, but that's okay. The thing is, is that, yeah, I'm coming home and my mom's having to go to the teacher to find out why she's not allowed to engage me in education at home. Well, it's because it's making the other children feel bad. She's a know-it-all. So this has been going on for a while, people. And for you teachers out there who I know are going to be listening and who are going to come back and say, no, no, that's not what happened to my class, you better think again about your bell curve. When was the last time you had a student blow it, completely blow the bell curve wide open, and you not get critiqued about the fact that they made too many points and this other child who doesn't try as hard but needs to graduate because, you know, it takes a village ended up low ban on the, on the bell curve, so you had to pump up artificially his grade. And yes, it happens. I know it happens. I've seen it done, especially if it's a minority. That is not a racial statement. That is a fact. On your SATs, on your SATs, people, if you are Asian, they automatically ducked, deduct 500 points automatically because they think you're going to blow the curve so bad or 50 points as you were 50 points because they think you're going to blow the curve so badly so so badly for others because you're so smart i mean how much racial profiling are we going to accept as tolerant if you're african-american and i hate that term you have no idea how much i hate that term oh and by the way I know multiple African-Americans, as in they came from Africa, they became citizens of the United States, and they will tell you to your face, do not call me African-American. I am an American.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For blacks, if you are taking the SAT test and you saw that great score you made, you may want to think again. They give you 250 points right off the bat. If you are white now, they are eliminating 100 points for your white privilege now folks I gotta tell you something when you talk about white privilege let me explain something my mom is from Searcy Arkansas Searcy Arkansas was, is one of those hillbilly cities and when I say that
0: they're Be not rich careful.
1: <laughs> they're not rich everybody worked for what they got you were not born with a silver spoon in your mouth as a matter of fact, there were times in my mom's childhood where she was so dirt poor that they had to go ahead and make ends meet. Her mom made lye soap from hand. She went through the depression. I made there soap. was no white privilege. And my growing up, don't tell me that I had privilege, because I'll tell you right now, that was smacked out of me a long time ago. There is no such thing as privilege in our house. All right? You worked for it. You earned it. If you wanted if you wanted that extra You know, like, Julie wanted to go to Magic Mountain with her friends. She didn't do the dishes. Guess what the bus left without? She stayed home. The fact of the matter is, there was no white privilege growing up. The only reason that word has come around at this point is because we have a very, very small group of individuals who truly, honestly... Believe, and I honestly believe that these people, they got two brain cells every once in a while, they connect and they remember to breathe. But these people honestly believe that because of things that happened 200, 300 years ago, no, 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 further back than that. We're talking 1800s, 1700s, you know, that time frame pre Civil War, that we should say sorry for individuals today who have never once in their entire life ever worn a slave collar. And that goes for multiple races, not just black. It goes for Chinese. It goes for Irish. Now, the reason you won't hear the Irish and the Chinese complaining about their reparations is, one, the Irish, we already know. We're just done with it. We're good, okay? We earned what we keep. The Chinese, fact of the matter is they are too honorable to demand something for nothing. They are extremely frugal, do not get me wrong, but they're too honorable to expect you to pay them for something they have not earned. What does that say? Those individuals at this point who honestly think they are due something that happened to their great-great-great-great-great-grandmother or grandfather are a product of our public school system. So the reason I wanted this show tonight, with my mom telling you her story, parents, here's the deal once more. It is your responsibility, your choice. You want to go on Facebook and cry and boo about Common Core? I'll read it, sure. they are not changing anything. You want to go ahead and come on talking about how your child's being bullied and you can't do anything about it because... You know, he's getting these these text messages from these bullies about drink bleach, kill yourself, and he's feeling or she's feeling so insecure at this point she may try it, but you don't do anything to assist your child are the problem. Going to the principal, going to the school board only goes so far. Once more, listen to what my mom said. When they went to the school board and when they went to the school district, They were shot down as parents. They were vilified. They didn't stop. What a lot of people don't realize is that part of my mom's story she left out. See, she had a double whammy. Not only was she a meddling mother who would not leave the school alone to do what they wanted to do, my mother is also a, oh, my, are you ready, gasp, gasp, Mormon, LDS. She had newspaper articles written up about her as being a honest-to-God, Satanist witch, Mormon, trying to destroy the school system. She did not let it stop her. Now, am I trying to say that she's an awesome woman? Well, of course she is. She's my mother, but that's not the point. I'm saying she did not do anything that you can't do yourself. If you're willing to take some humiliation, if you're willing to stand up for your child, and you're willing to make sure it changes, To allow the encroachment of Middle Eastern and Islamic teaching in our school, oh, he's going to be out of that grade soon anyways, is your fault. You need to do something about it. Now, for those who don't know, because I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail on this one, well, you know, you got kids? Yes, I do. I've got a 10, 11, and 13-year-old. My 11 and 13-year-old were in public school from kindergarten to second grade. I have homeschooled them since. It has not always been a bed of roses. It's been tough. My mom can attest that there have been times that I've had to call her. I'm 47 years old, and I've had to call my mom and say, can I borrow a couple hundred dollars? Okay. But the thing is, is it's worth it. My children are being taught in an environment that I know is safe. They're being taught correctly. They're being taught accurately and historically and when their public school kids come over, we've got a great school district here too. Piolup school district is, is is an awesome school district. It really is. But when their public school kids come over and they bring up something such as oh, my son's so into World War 1 and 2 at this point. He's just a buff and he brings up you know Hitler and why he was a brilliant dictator who not only was charismatic but influential and how he did not He didn't fight. He didn't even have to fight for his seat. It was given to him because of the the machinations of the Third Reich behind the scenes. These public school kids are looking at him saying, you're a Nazi. Why? Well, because you like Hitler. Well, no, I didn't say that. I said this is exactly what he was, and this is why he was so dangerous. No, he was just a thug. And then, they, you know, you bring up the Third Reich, and these kids are like, well, I, it was something that had to do with him. We, we just know that they killed a lot of Jews, and supposedly killed a lot of Jews, and it's a bad thing. This is your public education, kids. This is what they're being taught. When my daughter brings up something like culinary art, and she's talking to them about how to cook, she's got friends of hers who are 13 years old who... Beg her parent, their parents to let them come and spend the night at my house. And the reason being is because when they show up, the first thing they do is they hit the kitchen and say, we're ready to learn some more. They have not been allowed to boil water in the microwave, people. You are the problem. And until you stand up and until you do what is necessary to protect your child, it's not going to go away. History repeats itself. And the brutal fact is, we saw this in the 70s, personally. But you don't see any of that now when it comes to talking about Common Core. You didn't see the rise and fall of it back then. It's repeating itself. And if you don't know how to stand up for your child... Your child is going to grow into the adult that you are allowing in public school. So, any last words, Mom? Um,
0: Just appreciative of the time you've allowed me to be here, and I hope that I've shared or said something that might be of benefit or meaning to others. Um, I'm impressed with what you've, you've done here on this show, and I hope that people take your counsel. In summary, on my... On, on the notes that I made for the, the talk tonight, I make a comment that the book was removed. Every book had to be evaluated and approved by a board that included parents. Uh, from that point on, two members of the Board of Education and the head of admin staff were fired or recalled. The entire school board was investigated and um, graft, including financial mishandling, was discovered. New board members, new guidelines, and oversight committees um, that Held the offensive and inappropriate con- content from our schools for about 10 years after we went through our time uh, before someone else took up the battle. My personal fears is that politi- My personal fear for schools today is that political views, social and moral values, by state standards, religious intolerance, are being taught to our children, and our parents are too uninvolved or uninformed to organize and take a stand against it and uh, it kind of ties in with everything you have said at the end here. Um, I, I just hope that uh, there's some benefit in the time that we've, you've allowed us to discuss this tonight, and I thank you for the privilege to spend to sit in and listen.
1: Coolio. Okay, people, this is my sign-off. Babe, remember, on Wednesday we have Contra Radio with John Jeffers, which is going to be dealing, he deals with, you know, current events and different things that occur. We now have an announcement we have a new blogger who's coming on um we have a he I, I haven't mentioned who he is i haven't mentioned his time frame because i haven't been told yet however tune into contra radio you'll be able to find out who that is i'm on friday nights i'm dealing with conspiracy theories and i'm dealing with current events as they come up with situations like this and uh yeah spread the word if you like the show great if you hate the show great Go ahead and let us know how you feel. However, if you send me something that's emotionally charged versus logic, it's going in the waste bin, all right? So see you next week. Talk to you guys later. Bye.